Spring is in full swing, and summer is just around the corner. A great time for a beach getaway at the Oceanfront Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. Enjoy the best of oceanfront accommodations and amazing dining right on the beach, both with great views of the ocean and boardwalk. Enjoy a soak in the heated indoor spa pool, or book the adults-only concierge level and relax in the rooftop hot tubs. Book online at boardwalkplaza.com or call 800-33 beach thanks to the boardwalk plaza for being the bridge podcast network sponsor hello i'm kim and i'm ben welcome to today's podcast of if you really knew me a place for honest conversations about the enneagram to inspire better connections with others ourselves and god we are so glad you joined us if you've been aware of your enneagram type for some time now you've probably heard the term wings And for those that have not been aware, we are not talking about the feathers on a bird that make them fly, but each Enneagram type actually has two adjacent wings, and one of the adjacent wings is more dominant than the other. So your behavior and personality are actually influenced by your wings. My amazing co-host, Ben Sarles, is a certified Enneagram coach, and he's going to help us understand wings today and how they actually affect our personality and how other things like subtypes make us each unique in our Enneagram type. Yes, we are. Do you ever wonder how several people of the same Enneagram type can look very different? Yes. And this is due to a variety of things. It could be because of their life experiences, but the Enneagram shows us that levels or alignment with the gospel is a reason as well. And you can refer back to this at episode 12. Another reason is how we use our wings that we have for each type. And that means the number on either side of our main type. And the last is their subtype. And each type has three subtypes. I have definitely experienced this you know, many times myself where I find out somebody's my Enneagram type and I go, okay, they're going to be just like me in this area and that area and have the same characteristics. And then when I didn't see all the same characteristics, I thought, you know what, maybe they've been mistyped wrong and that's not what type they are. Um, And I'm sure I'm not the only one who has experienced this, right? That's right. That's right. We all have looked at other people um, if we know their type and say, hmm, that they look different than this person. So today we're going to talk about wings. And hopefully this will shed some light on why people of the same type can look quite different at times. Remember, the motivation is the same because of the main type, but our levels of alignment with the gospel and which subtype we have make us look different. And actually, we become a different version of that type. Hmm. Because there's a lot of information to discuss, this is going to be a two-part episode. Today's episode will focus on how our wings make us different, and the next episode will focus on subtype. Love it. Okay, great. So let's kick off and talk about wings first. Yes, wings help us navigate our main type. Wings are on either side of our type, and you don't just have one wing. Um, Just one is bigger than the other. So if you think of the movie Finding Nemo, he has one big fin and one little fin. (laughs) One wing is more dominant in each type, but we still use the second one. Uh, Think of wings like salt and pepper. If They have a different flavor, but together they bring depth and complexity to the main type. Just like salt and pepper, if we don't have the right amount, it can throw off the right balance. Too much salt, not enough salt, too much pepper. Just like with stress and security that we talk about in episode three, we can choose the healthy side or the unhealthy side of our wings. Hmm. Beth McCord says accessing our wings to know, believe, and trust in our identity in Christ allows us to express ourselves more fully 
and to be seen for who we are. I love that. You know, to me, it sounds like knowing our wings just helps us dive a bit deeper into who we are so that we can continue to grow in our relationship with Christ and strengthen our relationships with family and friends. Can you like talk us through each of the wing types? I can. That sounds great. Let's start with type one. Type one wing nine can be referred to as the idealist. In general, they're analytical, withdrawn, and detached from emotion, gentler and softer, calmer, quieter, and more generous. When struggling, they are stiffer, more subdued, and impatient, speaking down to others from a distant and judgmental stance. Both types are in conflict with each other. The type 9 is trying to avoid conflict or stirring up tension, while the type 1 provokes others to improve and do what is right. Their inspiring quality is making others aware of society's needs by seeing what is wrong, and that's type 1, and expressing it in ways that are easier for people to receive, which is type 9. So you can see one wing 9, mm-hmm. you're a 1, but you're really picking up a lot of nine qualities there. Yeah. So when it says the types are in conflict with each other, that can show you how even within yourself, you can feel a pull one direction and the other direction at the same time. Absolutely. A type one wing two can be referred to as the advocate. In general, they're relationally warmer than the one wing nine, helpful, critical, vocal, social, controlling and action-oriented. When struggling, they're more rigid and intrusive, crossing relational boundaries with their advice, and insist others follow their precise advice to change. Both types blend easily with each other. Both types support each other in distinct ways, the type one by being good and the type two by being loving. The inspiring quality is seeing what is wrong and broken, but rolling up our sleeves to help fix the problem instead of criticizing from a distance like the one wing nine. Wow. That is just so amazing to me. You have two people and they're both ones, but look at how different they are just because their wings are different. That's right. That's wild. What about type twos? Okay. The type two wing one can be referred to as the servant. So remember, this is a type two with a little bit of one wing flavor the one we just spoke about was a type one with a little bit of two wing flavor. So okay. two different inter- two different motivations. They can be referred to as the servant. In general, they are objective and serious with more control of emotions, a drive to help others see what is right and good, and a strong sense of responsibility to do what is right for others. They quietly serve behind the scenes. But when struggling, they are more insistent and controlling and impatient, demanding of others to follow their moral advice. Mm. Both of these types are in conflict with each other, struggles with self-condemnation and guilt more than the two-wing three. Their inspiring quality is that they are excellent teachers who focus on improving lives of others through care and nurture by combining principles, values, encouragement, and relational warmth. Maybe that's a school teacher teacher, maybe, (laughs) or a Sunday school teacher. I don't know. (laughs) Yes. So the type two wing three can be referred to as the host or the hostess. In general, they're outgoing, affirming, sociable, and self-assured, and they bless others more overtly with their many talents. They want the reputation of being desirable and likable and focus more on succeeding relationally and professionally. When struggling, they are overly focused on winning approval, affirmation, and praise, 
from others through flattery and charm. Both types blend easily with each other. Both types are personable, charming, and adaptable, deserving to be liked and valued. Their inspiring quality is that they're very likable, charming, and outgoing, and they enjoy and thrive in the spotlight. Like what a shift that is when you look at the terminology you just used from servant to hostess. I mean, I find that kind of ironic. The wing one is so much more behind the scenes yeah. than the wing three, but yet they both have the same motivation since they're twos. I mean, it, yes. it really is fascinating. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is. So I guess we're going on to type threes now. Let's go. Let's go. Type three wing two can be referred to as the star. Mm. In general, they are charming and likable, adaptable, engaging, and competent. They're people oriented with incredible interpersonal skills. They enjoy the spotlight and attention. They strive to be desirable and admirable. They perform to earn the admiration of others. But when struggling, they are extremely competitive, plagued with comparison and insecure about how others, particularly family, reflect on them. Both types blend easily with each other. Both types have an amazing interpersonal skill set that easily garner the attention, praise, and admiration of others. Their inspiring quality is that they're immediately able to see exactly how to make others feel special, seen, and supported. I like those compliments, but I don't like the negative. <laughs> You're talking bad about my people Isn't that here. that <laughs> the way with all of us? It's like, leave that other mess out. I just want the, yeah. When you see that, though, the part that you struggle with, you're like, ew, I don't like that part about yes. myself. But yeah. that's when you have to take it to Jesus. We're just going <laughs> to breeze over that section. Yes. Let's, yeah. let's move on to the wing four. <laughs> the wing four. The three wing four can be referred to as the professional. In general, they're private, quieter, and focused on achieving recognition through work and personal status. They're more emotionally vulnerable and sensitive. But when they're struggling, they're more afraid of failing, having a stronger need for others to recognize their accomplishments, leading them to dazzle people by embellishing the truth and promoting their achievements. Both types are in conflict with each other. The type 3 charms others with false personas, while the type 4 demands authenticity. Think about that for a minute. Yeah. Gosh. Uh, that's got to be a hard internal struggle. Yes. You know, you want to charm others with false personas while while demanding authenticity at the same time. <laughs> it so doesn't make sense. How do you do that? I don't know. So it's it's definitely a difficult a difficult place to be. Their inspiring quality is that they are great at mastering their craft or skill with introspection and creativity. Hmm. Now you mentioned that threes and fours are in conflict. So I'm thinking it must be difficult when your Enneagram type and your wing are in conflict. And you've mentioned that in a couple of these scenarios. It's almost like fighting with yourself. And I would think that makes it difficult if you're in this category, right? Mm -hmm. When you have a wing that combats with your type. Yes, it definitely is. And this, and of course, we're talking about dominant wings. Um, We have that big fin and that little fin. So I know with me, I can sometimes feel pulled between people in relationships and getting things done. Yeah. And so the inner struggle can cause like some chaos sometimes or or, or that angst and yeah. you're just like, well, I've got to do both. I've got, you know, and then you start self-talking and getting into unrealistic expectations yeah. of yourself. Which one do I listen to? This voice That's or right. that voice? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what about type fours? Type four wing three can be referred to as the aristocrat. 
In general, they have refined taste and they're emotionally vivid and buoyant. They're extroverted, upbeat, goal-oriented, and interpersonal. When struggling, they're more consumed with what others think of them and what others have that they feel they lack. There's more emotional fluctuations. Both types are in conflict with each other. Type 4 desires authenticity and true self-expression, but the Type 3 side needs validation of accomplishments and shape shifts into the most admirable image. Their inspiring quality is making their own unique mark on the world with their creativity, originality, and ambition. That's awesome. The aristocrat. I know it sounds like <laughs> it sounds like a movie I've, I've heard or seen. <laughs> yeah. So that is the four wing three. Now, the four wing five can be referred to as the bohemian, you know, which you kind of think like, oh, wild and free, you know, <laughs> <Exactly>. whatever. <laughs> That's what I'm visualizing. In general, they are intellectually deep, creative, introverted, original, isolated, less ambitious and less concerned with what others think. When struggling, they're more withdrawn, fiercely independent and consumed by their emotional and intellectual world. They must sort out their emotions by using intellect before they can move forward. Both types blend easily with each other. Both are withdrawn types. Type 4's withdrawal to protect their emotion and type 5's withdrawal to protect their inner resources. Their inspiring qualities are remarkably creative people. Hmm. Unusual, mysterious, and eccentric, they combine intellectual insights with emotional intuition to produce stunning original works. I love that description because I have heard that many musicians and creative people are actually fours. Mm -hmm. And after hearing all those descriptions, I'm like, oh, I see that. I mean, I've heard people literally tell me, oh, I'm a four, I'm a four. And they either paint or they mm -hmm. write music or play. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me what they come up with. Yes. But they probably got to go, when you said introspection, they probably have to go deep in themselves. Yeah. To find that creativity. Yes. Many of, not that it's only limited to type fours, but many of the greatest works that we admire and enjoy have been done by type fours. Wouldn't you like to know, you know, like Leonardo da Vinci, like was he a type yes. four? You know what I mean? You, you think about over over the years of history and yes. the great works that people have done and, and, and not saying that any other type couldn't mm -hmm. come up with that, but fours just have that style in them that, that makes and it they're so not, deep. And they're not afraid to stand out and yeah. be different and march march to the beat of their own drum yeah. sometimes which which creates how do we get some great new ways of thinking yeah you know we have to stand out from the rest so which is why it's important god made us all right because everybody's got a unique talent i love it yes this is a great spot we're going to take a short break and we'll be back in just a few minutes do your kids love listening to great stories? It can be tough finding a kid's podcast which upholds your Christian values. Story Jumpers features exciting, entertaining stories by authors who write from a Christian worldview. Each episode is created with kids in mind. Audiobook clips are followed by a brief author interview your kids will find fascinating. This is a podcast for kids. Subscribe to Story Jumpers wherever you listen to podcasts. Story Jumpers is a member of the Bridge Podcast Network. Welcome back. We have been chatting about how each Enneagram type can be different than another by the influence of their wing. Ben, let's pick back up with type fives. Okay. The type five wing four is also known as the iconoclast and just 
What, what is that? <laughs> what is an iconoclast? So a person who seeks to overthrow popular ideas. Mm. So in general, they are withdrawn, isolated, eccentric, more emotional. They're creative and imaginative. But when they're struggling, they detach from others by using their intellectual insights and observations to create distance. But they're more sensitive than people realize. Both types blend easily with each other. Both are withdrawn types moving inward toward their intellect and emotions. Both isolate the type five for thinking they are incompetent and the type four for feeling that something is fundamentally missing in them. Their inspiring quality is that they have an amazing ability to pull things apart and then conceptualize new ways to look at them from a creative viewpoint. I'm just curious, based on what you just said before about the type four wing five, then you have a type five wing four. Would you say one is more withdrawn than the other because they both sound like that? Or would you say it would be a tie? I mean, just out of your personal opinion. Well, I think um, the type five wing four is naturally withdrawn. Because the five has that in them. Yes. And four wing five, when they're struggling, they're withdrawn. Okay. So I would say the five wing four is more withdrawn than the four wing five. Okay. I know they have same numbers, but I know the main type is what your motivation motivation is. So Mm -hmm. I was just curious. That's fascinating. Now, both of them are in the withdrawing stance, fours and fives. Okay. So it's like the most withdrawn of the withdrawn. Okay. (laughs) That makes my brain really have to think, but that makes sense. So that also means if your loved one is one of these types, Mm -hmm. this kind of helps understand why they withdraw okay um five wing fours they just naturally withdraw that's when they're doing great they're withdrawn and that is because of um their inner resources trying to preserve that and then a four wing five they become more withdrawn when they're struggling wow and a lot of it is that um that introspection that they do that is fascinating yeah Deep thinkers. Yeah. So what about a five-wing six? So a five-wing six is also known as the problem solver. In general, they're intellectual, cerebral, observant, analyzing, and problem solving. When struggling, they are mainly living in their minds and not their emotions. Intimate or personal relationships can be difficult and challenging for this type. Both types are in conflicts with each other. Relationships are not a top priority or easy to navigate with the type five who seek security and detaching and withdrawing from others. Type six, however, desires to work collaboratively with others to find their safety. Their inspiring quality is that they thrive on dissecting problems, analyzing them, and finding a solution through their research and intellectual power. Now you just gave a perfect description of a five in my life who is constantly researching and problem solving. But I've also, um, I've also seen the side, you know, even though he doesn't love large groups, he's great at collaborating. When he does work with a group of people on something, stuff comes together and he can lead. But like he would rather be by himself. But when he's not, he does collaborate well. Mm-hmm. So in your opinion, do you see fives in general as having more difficulty being in relationships versus like any other types, based on what you've just shared about fours and fives and their wings in general, would you say fives on the Enneagram 
maybe have more difficulty being in relationships? Um, I think that part goes down to level of alignment with the gospel. Okay. I mean, if you're healthy in your number, mm-hmm. uh, we're all created to be in connection with others. Yeah. Now, when you look at a five, they won't ever desire to have a million friends <laughs> and yeah. be in deep connection with them. It's yeah. too much. Um, but they do have a desire for connection in their inner circle. Now, if that person is unhealthy mm-hmm. or misaligned, um, then they're going to be focused on them. Yeah. And they're not going to rely on some of the learned skills that build relationships mm. as they problem solve. It's kind of like relationships becomes a problem they can't solve. Yeah. And so that's what's really interesting. I think when you are self-aware and you know this is where I go, I, yeah. I start to with, withdraw and retreat, um, then you have to say, you know, sometimes we say that fives think about their feelings yeah. instead of feeling their feeling. <laughs> it's like, I should be mad at this. You know, this makes sense why I yeah. should be mad. You know, sometimes <laughs> emotions don't make sense. No, a lot of times they, they are, don't. <laughs> they are markers, though, of some things that are going on inside yeah. that we need to be aware of. So yeah. um, I will say if you are in relationship with a type five and you're not a type five, sometimes it seems like they don't want to keep reaching out or yeah. that they, they see more, um, you know, like you can't get a hold of them or they don't. <laughs> so I, I was speaking to um, someone who has a type five as a son mm-hmm. and they're like, they don't respond to all the family text and they, they don't, <laughs> they, it seems like they, they don't really put a high priority on coming home for Christmas yeah. and this, that, and the other. And part of it is, you have to be able to describe in a healthy way why that is overwhelming. Yeah. You know, it's like every time you say K to a, a text or yeah. this is what I ate today. Isn't it great? You know, it, let's say you, you're you a type two, that back and forth is what energizes you. Yeah, but you're that's, like people interaction. Yeah, that's right. We're, we're peopling. But then that is also what withdraws a five. It's too much. It's yeah. too much. Like, talk to me about the real important things. Yeah. Like, not fluff. Get to brass tacks, That's people. Right. Let's That's go. That's right. I love all, that. All these emotions <laughs> are not productive, They're you not. know. <laughs> I love that. Because I, I see a kaleidoscope here. Yes. So uh, share with us about type sixes. So type six wing five is known as the defender. In general, they're organized, perceptive, cerebral, withdrawn, and knowledgeable. They're self-controlled, responsible, and serious about ethical and political beliefs. They can be mistyped as a one sometimes, and they can be outspoken and intense. They can also look like an eight at times. When they're struggling, they're more suspicious and isolated while watching for potential adversaries. Both types are in conflict with each other. The type six wants to band together with others for security and support, while a type five looks to detach from others to maintain internal resources. Their inspiring quality is their mindful voice for the underdogs mm-hmm. who they will go to great lengths to defend. That's beautiful. Love it. So the type six wing seven is also known as the buddy. Love that. And I just have to say <laughs> the buddy. It's a great like, name. 
I'm the buddy. It's like sometimes how I feel like I'm the helper. I'm the little helper. You know, it's like. Who wouldn't want the buddy in their life? Well, I mean, I don't know. (laughs) In general, they are engaging, supportive, witty, friendly, and likable. They look to team up with others for extra support and security. But when they're struggling, they're more anxious and hardworking, but can procrastinate out of fear. They can be more reactive when experiencing anxiety and internal pressure to make decisions quickly. Both types blend easily with each other. Both are extroverted, highly sociable, enjoy having a good time with trusted and committed friends, and like making new connections to ensure security and fun times together. Their inspiring quality is that they are a very thoughtful, warm, and engaging friend who constantly looks out for problems, but wants to have loads of fun as well. (laughs) I know a couple of these people, and they are wonderful buddies and friends. They're buddies. (laughs) They're pals. They're buddies. Yeah. Well, so that leads us into the fun type sevens. The type seven wing six is also known as the entertainer. Mm In general, they are outgoing and creative, silly, and playful. They care about what others think and desire to enjoy experiences with them. When they're struggling, they're less focused and more revved up and scattered. They desire more relationships and possessions to distract them from internal anxieties. Both types are in conflict with each other. Type 7 looks for positive and stimulating experiences and freedom while the type six focuses on establishing supportive relationships and aligning with trusted people. Their inspiring quality is that they are committed, loyal, and faithful friends. Mm. They bring a lot of fun, joy, and passion to our relationship. Love that. The type seven wing eight is also known as the realist. In general, they are assertive, confident, ambitious, persistent, and tenacious with a quick mind and intense energy. They're less concerned with what others think than the seven wing six, but when struggling, they're more direct and demanding. Workaholics, adrenaline seekers, they're strategic in getting what they want and aggressive with those who stand in their way. Both types blend easily with each other. Both types are aggressive, making for an aggressive subtype that controls and demands their environment to come through for them. Um... A seven wing eight can be mistyped as an eight. Their inspiring quality is that they're confident and intense with an innovative spirit to overcome the obstacle. And they don't see failure, but an opportunity to see things from a different perspective and try again. Isn't it amazing how a wing can shift a personality type? I mean, you go from an entertainer to a realist. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Both the same type, but it's different wings. Yeah. I mean, just those two names are so far apart in my mind you have to think of the motivation of a seven they want to fill themselves up with stimulating experiences Mm -hmm. and so it kind of goes to what stimulates you yeah as a seven you know you can see fun on one side and then you can see like realism actually as as the other we want we want to be more persistent and tenacious so Um, one is more concerned with what others think and one isn't. It's almost like the fun side is fighting with the, but I got to get this done. I want to have fun, but I got to get it done. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) That's hilarious. Well, let's hear about these type eights. Type eight wing seven is also known as the maverick. In general, they're blunt, intense, and demanding. No shortage of energy, tenacity, perseverance, and confidence. 
They insist on others being direct, quick, and assertive like they are. But when struggling, they're more focused on gaining power and control, impatient, demanding, impulsive, and lack compassion. Both types blend easily with each other. They produce a very confident, aggressive, and assertive subtype. Type 8s want power, control, and autonomy, and Type 7 wants experiences, possessions, and freedom. Their inspiring quality is that they're a powerful driving force that sees what can and needs to be done and actively gets involved to plow a path for the benefit of others. And I just got to say, I'm glad that that last sentence is there because at yeah. first, you know, if you're a type, if you're a type eight wing seven, it's like, oh, they're the maverick. Now let's say about all the bad things about, <laughs> you know, you're blunt, you're demanding, no shortage of energy, uh, but tenacity, perseverance and confidence mm-hmm. are good. Um, so if you're in relationship with an eight wing seven, this is not the person you want to you know, small talk with. Yeah. They, they want it straight. Just give it to them straight. They appreciate that from others. So when we're, when we're dealing with people, you know, we've talked about the compliment sandwich. Mm -hmm. They don't care about no compliment sandwich. You just give it to them. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you know what else? I mean, you said that last sentence was great, how they plow a path to benefit others. Yeah. Because of their tenacity and perseverance, that's how they plow a path. So God created them to be able to not, take any junk they get it they get the job done they're the person you call to get the job done that's right and and when they're aligned with the gospel they are making a way for everybody else to get there too yes amen to that yes what about an eight wing nine the eight wing nine is also referred to as the bear okay in general they're steady patient compassionate and tender they're soft-hearted when interacting with others less overtly aggressive holding power and strength within until it's needed. They desire more comfort and peace, but when struggling, they're more intimidating with an unpredictable temper. Aggressiveness, control, and demands come out at work, while passivity and accommodation remain at home. Both types are in conflict with each other. The type eight is aggressive, assertive, sure, and moves toward conflict. The passive type nine avoids upsetting others. Their inspiring quality is that their gentle strength motivates and inspires others to excel in their particular areas of strength. I just got to say, ain't nobody going to mess with a maverick or a bear. That's right. (laughs) You know what? I will say I have a friend that I am sure is an eight wing nine. Uh Um, And as a two, you know, you can't take care of yourself without the number you go to in stress. Mm -hmm. And I go to an eight in stress. Okay. He just speaks truth in a way that I need to hear. Yeah. And sometimes it speaks truth against the self-talk and the, and the, you know, false assumptions that I've been believing. Mm-hmm. But it's like, you know, it's a quiet strength sometimes, a gentler strength, and it inspires. So, you know, every type is important. Yeah. And you never know. Um, so I, I look at eights as um, I need to learn from them to take care of myself. Yeah. And I think, like you just mentioned, the friend, when you want someone to shoot straight and you're like, I need somebody to step on my toes today Mm -hmm. to get real with me and talk to me maybe about an area that I'm struggling in that maybe other types are a little too nervous to say to me directly, maybe this friend will say, 
I'm going to shoot it to you straight. And yes. you need that. You yes. need each of these types in your life. But mm-hmm. when that the day you need your toes stepped on, you go to have one of these friends and you say, shoot it to me straight and they will. That's right. That's right. So we are coming up to our last type here. So type nine, share with us about those. The type nine wing one is also known as the dreamer. In general, they're idealistic, principled, and cerebral. They want to do what is right for everyone. They care about issues of justice and fairness and people treating one another with kindness and respect. When struggling, they're quieter and more withdrawn, judgmental, and critical. Both types blend easily with each other. Both types will suppress their feelings to maintain peace, the type 9 side, and sustain self-control, the type 1 side. They have a friendly, gentle, and encouraging demeanor, like the type 9, with the perfectionistic tendencies of a type 1. Their inspiring quality is that they are great mediators. Type 9 sees all the perspectives from a non-judgmental posture, and type 1 insists on truth, objectivity, and fairness in all circumstances. And I want to, you know, talk about the the Enneagram drawing, mm-hmm. um, that is the one with the dots and lines. And you'll notice that it's kind of like a star, but Enneagram means, Ennea means drawing. Uh, no, Ennea, Ennea means nine, nine yeah. and Gram means drawing. Uh-huh. And so you kind of see when you look at it, there's like a big dip. There's one way into the center of it. Mm-hmm. And that is the type nine is at the top of that. And so I think that's really important because type nine see a little bit from everyone's point of view. Yeah. And so that's something I've always remembered. It's they're they're mediators and they see all perspectives. Mediator, I would say, is the perfect name yeah. too for a nine as well. Yep. Yeah. Uh, the type nine wing eight is also known as the comfort seeker. In general, they are sociable, engaging, encouraging expressive, independent, and assertive, they seek and enjoy comfort more than a dreamer. But when they're struggling, they are more prone to a powerful temper when pushed too far, or if they're overlooked or disrespected, or when others are being mistreated. Both types are in conflict with each other. The type 9 wants peace and harmony, and the type 8 will bring some aggressiveness and assertiveness and intensity. Their inspiring quality is that they're gentle yet powerful. They will assert themselves on behalf of others, making sure everyone is valued and seen. So I'm just curious, Ben, why do you think that it's really important to know your wings? I mean, I know we, we can get our type, but sometimes not know our wings. Yeah. Why, why should we really know that? Well, uh, there's a couple things. For those of us that think the Enneagram puts us in a box, and we really know we are more complicated than that. Yeah. We are more complex and deep. But the Enneagram helps us to identify what drives us, what is our motivation. Mm -hmm. And so your most dominant wing you've been using for your entire life Mm -hmm. to help you get things done. So your your main type's your motivation, but you've been using that wing all your life to get things done. Mm -hmm. And so it helps you understand the complexity, but there's also a level of health that goes along with that. You can choose the healthy side mm-hmm. of a nine wing eight, for example, yeah. instead of the unhealthy side. So for each type, I've read the pros and cons kind of of each type. So you can see if we know that that's our, 
our blind spots or our strengths, we can choose the healthy side of those. Mm-hmm. So just say you take a test and you find out your Enneagram type and it's you're still not clear on the wings. Mm-hmm. Like you see some numbers that are high. Wouldn't it be a good idea to read the descriptions maybe under each each one of the mm-hmm. of the wings just to see if that suits you best. I mean, yes. I know we've taken tests before at yourenneagramcoach.com. There's yeah. a free test. I know that gives you the main type, but I believe it gives you percentages too for yes. what your wing may be. It does. And part of the, um, when I do a typing session, um, you try to get the main type. And then sometimes if, if there's difficulty in identifying with that type, um, even though you're looking at motivation, you can say, okay, here's three versions of this type. Which version yeah. does one of these seem to stand out to you more um, that do you resonate more with? Yeah. And so it helps you identify the spot that you're standing. Yeah. So maybe you haven't determined your type yet, but uh, wings can help you. Yeah. I have some people that have taken the test multiple times and they've they've taken it and they've come up with a number. I think that is close to their number, but actually when the description is read, you're like, this is actually who I am. Mm -hmm. But I think sometimes, because I took the test multiple times, and the first time I came up with a different number completely, Mm -hmm. and then the next two times I came up with the same one. And when I read the motivation, I was like, there you go. I think sometimes when answering the questions, sometimes we put in there what we want the Mm -hmm. answer to be without even thinking about it. I think Mm -hmm. subconsciously we're, well, I think I'm this way or I'd rather be that way. Mm -hmm. So we we don't maybe always get an accurate number. So if you go back and read Mm -hmm. the descriptions, I think it'll give you the motivation. Like that sounds like me. Well, and the the interesting thing is you don't really have to take a test. Uh, The test just helps narrow it down. It'll never be foolproof because a test can't know your motivation. True. So you put down... I mean, let's say you had a really bad day and now you're answering these questions, (laughs) you know. But if you look at the description, let's say somebody doesn't want to take the test. Yeah. um, You kind of narrow down what you think it might be and Mm -hmm. have them read because they're probably not going to read, you know, all of the there's nine types with two (laughs) Two wing possibilities and then three (laughs) subtypes, you know. Yeah. (laughs) So um, you narrow down the main type that you think they could be. Yeah. And then if they're still not sure, then look at the wings and then it'll really help um, show itself to you, um, to the person that doesn't want to take the test, yeah. you know, what their main type and then what their wing is. Yeah. Cause when you do read those descriptions and you do feel like you've kind of hit the nail on the head, it's yeah. eye opening. Yeah. Like, wow, this gives me a, a bird's eye view into this person which will help me make a better connection with them and get yes. along with them better. And when when you see the the positive and the negatives, you realize, okay, I can be both of these things. And yeah. we talked earlier about let's leave off the negative stuff. We yeah. want to. Yeah. Well, we can choose not to react in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, our motivation is still the same, but we can see. Now, wait a minute. You know, I'm getting ready to have a response to something that I don't like that's associated with my type. So that's all why self-awareness is even important. Yeah. Um, We use the Enneagram from a Christian biblical perspective. Mm -hmm. So it shows us areas of our life that we need God to help us with. Yeah. And then we can, you know, if, if it were totally in our own control, why we wouldn't need God, but that's not the way it is. Amen. You know, this is just a tool to diagnose and the Holy spirit is the solution. When you have that awareness, then before that comes out of your mouth, I've learned recently before you speak, 
count to five first and yeah. see if you still want to say what you want to say. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That stops I've also tracks. heard um, eat something and sleep on it and then yes. get back and see if you... <laughs> then make the big decision there that you, you have go. to make. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how we serve a God of such amazing detail that would make us all so unique and special? I love the scripture, Psalm 139, 14. It says it so well. In the New Living Translation, it says... Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Your workmanship is marvelous. How well I know it. And the Passion Translation is even my favorite with that same verse. It says, I thank you, God, for making me so mysteriously complex. Everything you do is marvelously breathtaking. It simply amazes me to think about it, how thoroughly you know me, Lord. Isn't that beautiful? That's like a tear to your eye that's like if you really knew me but wait you do i know and i was sitting there when i read that i was like okay wait a minute we chose the name of this podcast we called it if you really knew me because we wanted to share about how getting to know each other can draw you closer to one another and to god and we spend every day of our lives learning about our friends our co-workers and our loved ones but we still have tons more to learn about them And it's going to take an eternity to learn all there is to know about God. But how comforting it is to know that the creator of the universe knows us thoroughly, as that scripture says, because he made us. And remember, he doesn't make mistakes. Amen. So the type that you are is the type that you are. And Jesus knew it when he made you. That's right. He doesn't make mistakes. So remember that. Any final thoughts you have on that, Ben? Well, I just one thing I want to say is when you discover your type and when you discover your wing, and even your subtype that we'll talk about next time, that really speaks to why God created you. Yeah. You have here's your mission. Yes. This is what I created you like. So go be about your mission. Yeah. For for God. So it's kind of like, well, I don't like my type or I don't like well, you know, God specifically made you this way. Yeah. For a reason. Well, and recently in a class I've been taking, I'm learning about your strengths and your weaknesses, and we have to be aware of our weaknesses. But the class is talking about focus on your strengths. Right, right. Because God gave you those. So if you focus on them and go, how can I use the strengths that God put in me and my Mm -hmm. type to go be a blessing to the world? Because he made me unique Yes. and gave me that type. So dig into the word and go, Lord, why did you make me this type that I am? Where do you want me to use these gifts? Mm-hmm. I, I just, Amen. that actually gets me excited. It does. I'm like, let's go. Let's That's go. Right. Let's go find out what we need to do. I love it. There is, there's so much more to reveal on this topic. So join us next time for part two. And we're going to discuss another way that people of the same type can look different. And we're going to get into subtypes. So you're going to have your type. You got a wing. But below that, there's also three subtypes Mm -hmm. you could be right Mm -hmm. ben's gonna dive into that more next time with us and explain it to us so if you enjoy this podcast please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss one episode and we'd love to hear from you so please send us a question or topic that you'd like us to discuss and we might use that in an upcoming episode see you next time god bless